I I hail men. I love men. I I hail men. I hail men. I I hail men. I love men. I love men. So why do I like men? Um, I don't know. It's a good question. Is it? I mean, Freud would say that everyone is attracted to their familial upbringing in a way. Um, so I think we're kind of trapped in liking men as long as we live in a patriarchal society because we're raised to like men. Yeah. Okay, so do you think that it's a thing that I was like raised to like, not something that's like necessarily an inborn desire? Or do you think there's a difference? I mean, I think that's really complicated. Nature versus nurture is like... No, it's simple. Give me ten words. Ten words or less. False dichotomy. My mom once wrote this paper about the, like, 26 different sexualities and genders you can have based on, like... 26? Or something like that. Or, like, 16, something. Based on, like, how you see the phallus growing up. So, Mm -hmm. like, if you associate like, your mom with having the phallus, you'll, like, end up gay, basically. Cool, I can't wait to have gay kids. (laughs) And, uh, if you associate, and, like, and then if you, like, if your development is arrested in, like, certain stages, like, that develops your gender and your sexuality, so, like... Wait, this is a, like, metaphorical phallus. Right, exactly. Like, power. Right, power, but, yeah, like, domination, uh, like, in a way, I think, like, who makes who's the productive one versus the nurturing one or whatever. Productive being the powerful one. Right. Nurturing being the, like, the less powerful one. Right. So why are... So I know... You're gay, but your brother's straight. Yeah. I mean, so we saw different people as having the phallus. Oh, so it's, like, perception, not necessarily reality. Right. Okay. So So does that mean I think that my mom has a dick? (laughs) Kind of, Yeah. I mean, oh, like I mean, just like her, <laughs> <laughs> like mother, like daughter. Um, I mean, it's obviously like more complicated than that, but I do think like Freud gets a bad rap because like of our whole queer discourse now, and like obviously he only talked about like two genders and like very like heteronormative ways. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of truth to like when we were kids, how we saw sexuality and like how we saw power and all of that. Like that completely influences you, and I think you become. I don't think anyone's born anything, but I think by the time you're, like, four, essentially, you're gay, straight, Mm. trans, whatever. Yeah, because there's definitely, like, um, on, like, many different sides, it's, like, a a sort of Freudian view of sexuality, I assume, would be kind of um, taboo for both, like, sort of the centrist, like, mainstream, like, um, the, like, liberal LGBT nonprofit sector or whatever who are, like, pushing for... Um, born this way narratives to um, uh, secure legal and legislative rights um, for LGBT people. Like yeah. they're, they're like politically expedient narratives to right. say that everyone is born this way right. and like that's just the way we are and we can't help it. But right. it also like personally I find it very limiting and also like it kind of sucks the whole joy out of being like a big faggot. Um, but then I also can see how it would be um, uh, uh antagonistic to like a sort of like younger like internet queer set or something where it's sort of like 
like, you're gaslighting me into thinking I'm not valid. And it's right. like, like, no, I'm just trying to, like, I, I, I personally, as, like, an 85-year-old, 16-year-old, um, I, I think that um, I definitely, like, I, I, I prefer to try and reframe things as, like, I'm doing this because I want to. Right. Because, like, I wouldn't do it if I didn't want to. I mean, it's so complicated. Like, I I totally understand that because it's, like, if you spend, you know, 20 years of your life reaffirming that you're gay or whatever, to be told, like, in a way, it kind of is a choice. (laughs) Like, that sounds like some, like, crazy conservative bullshit. Totally. But, like, I actually believe that. Like, I don't think it's a choice, like, oh, tomorrow I'm going to not be gay. But it's a choice in the sense that, like desire is extremely complicated and mutable and changes over time and like no one should be forced to change that desire but like it's it it's not a static thing and it's completely influenced by your surroundings and your culture and society at large so you you think that you can change your desire so in this case like desire away from men instead of desiring men kind of but i mean it's like Then you're, like, individualizing, like, a larger... This is why I, like, mentioned the patriarchy in, like, the first 30 seconds or whatever. It's, like... Heard of it? Is, <laughs> like, to place that responsibility on the individual is, like, kind of crazy because, like, we're all raised to be attracted to certain things that, like, help the patriarchy, that help capitalism. Like, you're not going to change that on your own, you know? Like, if we lived in an ideal world, I think, like, we wouldn't be attracted to men as they currently are constructed. But, like, every bit of messaging from the time you're zero until you die tells you to be attracted to these certain kinds of people and, like, materially rewards you for being attracted to those kinds of people. Like, if you're not attracted to them, it becomes a problem in your life, essentially. Or, like, you're problematized. You're attracted to men? Am I attracted to men? Yeah. yeah cripplingly. I, I feel like I'm attracted to this, like, very specific spectrum between masculinity and femininity. Um, but yeah, you said cripplingly, though. I'm curious about that. What do you mean by cripplingly? Uh, I just spend too much of my time thinking about whether men like me and why they don't like me and spend too, have too much of my identity and self-worth wrapped up in that. And I think that's not uncommon at all, but it's annoying and sometimes makes me feel stupid. Like you feel stupid because you realize sort of, you take a step back and realize how much time you're spending thinking about it, or you feel stupid because you're like, men don't like me, I must be stupid. No, it, I mean, a little bit of both, but mostly the first one, like, I'm just like, if I didn't care if I didn't look at this, like, stupid person's Instagram and think, like, oh, my God, they're so hot. I hope they like me. I hope if I follow them, they'll follow me back. If I didn't think that way, then I would just have fucking more time and less stress in my life. <laughs> so, but, like, it's... That's why I say cripplingly, because, like, that's impossible. I'm never going to, like, get over that. Yeah, it's, like, why? Why what? Because it's... Because ter- men are terrible. And, like, it's just... No, I meant, like, why... So why, why, do, you, why do you still like them? Um... For, I mean, I don't know, because of everything we just talked about, like, I'm conditioned to like them, they represent security and comfort to me, part of what I liked, you know, the relationship I was in most recently, which was, like, it felt most like being in the relationship with, like, 
he was almost like a straight man, essentially. Mm-hmm. And in a way that was like gender affirming because it didn't feel like two gay people in a relationship. It felt like one non-binary person and one mm-hmm. like bi person or something. So that also sounds like... But I mean like a finish. Oh. But so like what I found, what attracted me so much to that relationship was like I just felt so secure in it and like him hugging me or cuddling me or whatever felt amazing and made me feel like the world was going to be okay, you know? And that's a really addictive feeling. It's like a fucking drug. Yeah. I can relate to a lot of the things you just said. That seems like another reason beyond just, like, that feels more particular to you that's, like, tied to the whole, like, condition under patriarchy thing, but, like, um, that there was a sense of gender affirmation that did you realize it was missing or was it like you realized it had been missing in previous relationships when it happened here? Yeah. I only realized it when I started dating him and I was like, Oh, this feels so right for the first time because like, as you've said before, (laughs) she listens to my podcast. No, as you've said before to me personally. Oh, okay. She doesn't listen to my podcast. (laughs) Like the reason our relationship didn't, this interview's over. (laughs) Sorry. Go on. Our interview, our, relationship didn't work is because we were like two trans people pretending to be gay men (laughs) (laughs) and like and we weren't even pretending it was just like we just like thought we were doing it yeah and like literally there was there was no one there to correct us like there was remy the dog but all he would say was like (laughs) and like roll over like he wasn't i think he knew our our straight son knew he's straight right (laughs) remy is definitely straight yeah but he's a he's a butch bomb straight Um, No, I agree, though. Literally, we were in isolation with each other. I'm just like, we're doing it, right? I think we're doing it. I mean, everything's a learning... Like, it didn't feel... Yeah. It didn't feel wrong, but when I... In hindsight. But when I started dating this last person that I dated, I was like, oh. (laughs) And, like, even the way, like, he would compliment my body, you know, in a way that every gay man I've met never does. Mm -hmm. It felt very much like, like, just being like, oh, you're sexy, like, oh, like, wow, like, look at your butt, whatever. Like, it it made me feel, in a way, like the girl in the relationship, and that, I was like, oh, wait, I like this. Yeah. Yeah. Also, with with us, I think that, um, I think another part of it, too, was we were not just, like, assuming what we were doing was being gay men, but also, like, like, our relationship, um, like, we lived together for two, a little over, maybe, like, two of the years we were dating for, like, three years mm-hmm. or two and a half years. I was trying to make it seem like we waited longer before we moved in, but we definitely moved in in five months together, um, <laughs> which I guess isn't very gay man of us, but whatever. Um, I, I think a large part of it, at least on my end, too, was, like, it was not, I mean, it was, like, the longest and most functional relationship I've ever had, and basically the only relationship I would say I've had in my adult life. Um, But it also was, like, the most normative in some ways, and I think that we were both, like, a sense of stability or or power, like, a mutually intertwined thing. Like, I definitely was, like, had a a nine-to-five, was making a lot more money, and we were sort of on a kind of track that was heading towards a marriage, or, like like, living together forever, or maybe not kids, because that was, like, always a point of contention, but, like, um, 
I feel like that's maybe part of it too. I don't know how. <laughs> well, this, this is what I'm talking. About. Yeah, it's like, like relationships with power and proximity right. to power. This and is what I'm talking power. about. Like the more we played into that normative role, yeah, the more we were both men. The more Ooh, yeah. we leaned into that, and this is what I mean when I say like, <laughs> in a way, it is choice. Like, but I thought lean in was good. <laughs> the more proximity to power we got, you know, and like the more rewarded we were like monetarily and just like culturally like in terms of our lives i think our lives were easier then than they are now probably. yeah yeah i mean like sort of internally um internally no like externally yes you're not attracted to men although you are but like it's not only that it's that being attracted to men is how this society functions and like to go against that means you're go- you're materially going to live a harder life. So, like, you're rewarded for being attracted to men. And it becomes this kind of addiction because, like, you need men in your life in order to make your life function in this terrible world. If we lived in, like, a femtopia where women and femmes and whatever could provide everything for each other, then, like, maybe your desire would change. But, like, we don't live in that world. So you don't think there's any element of it that's, like... Also, I like men. Like, it's entirely sure. conditioned. No, it's, it's not entirely conditioned. I just think, like, they're inseparable. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, you can't separate one from the other, really. And, like, the question of why do I like men is only a question you have because of all the conditioning parts. Like, if men were just, like, beings you could like without any problems because we didn't live in the, the patriarchy then you wouldn't have the question of why you like men because it would just feel good <laughs> instead of bad. Woof, okay. Yeah. I see that. In, in my humble opinion. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was real humble. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Um, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel sated. Um, and unsettled um anything else you'd like to add uh go Mets (laughs) thanks for listening